Welcome everyone to the absolute latest Bolt from the Blue uh, podcast. Now, um, I've got most of the A-team here. Uh, I think that possibly uh, Colin might join a little bit later when he finally updates his 1996 uh, computer. But um, <laughs> a- a- anyway, we've got uh, Bernard Deneen here. Bernard, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I thought I thought Colin had been drafted in to sort out Chelsea's finances for him. I thought that was that was the problem, and I thought well, <laughs> I thought that's what he was working on tonight. But apart from last night, mate, uh, mate, I'm fine. But I'm sort of getting over that now. It's 24 hours. We we move on, don't we? We do indeed. And guys, we've also got, as you would hope, we've got Ray. Ray, how are you doing, brother? Well, you know, my, my philosophy is we win. I'm in a good mood. We don't win. It's not so good. And, and you know, I don't care what you say, Mike. We were talking off. I don't care what you say. I will support Maris and Pep all the way. <laughs> I don't care about what your, your negative comments, Mike. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a happy clapper tonight. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I actually, um, I, I do appreciate your, your, uh, your opinion of my cynicism because um, we did have a, I, I got a message from uh, Nigel Rothband from the Man City Show, um, who asked me for uh, my comment, and I basically asked the question, which I'm going to ask uh, to Bernard and then to Ray. First of all, uh, Bernard, do you think there's still something in the DNA of Man City that they lacks a certain what can we say intestinal fortitude? when it comes to um, a really, really high-pressure games when they need the points? No, I don't think that's the problem. I think I think when it's a high-pressure game and we need the points, we do it. I mean, the, the thing is, I think we want to be... I don't think we like being top. I think we're, we're happy being second eight points behind with about five games to go. I think that's what we're after. And I think that's where we perform at our best. When, when we're under a little bit of pressure in, in this instance, where we're actually top and still top, uh, I, th- I think we fall apart just a little bit, perhaps. I, I think uh, I think we need to come from from behind, pardon, pardon the, the tone there, but I think we need to come from behind uh, to get full satisfaction out of the team, uh, Mike. I think that's the problem. <laughs> you well, can't get some satisfaction coming from behind. <laughs> let let me let me let me just jog um, Ray's memory. Ray, do you remember uh, back in uh, Mancini's win that we were about five or six games back, and every interview on TV, Mancini said, "We're not doing it. We we don't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not doing it. We haven't we we've we haven't got a prayer." And yeah. um, and and eventually, now that that was some some good kind of reverse psychology from him, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he was right. You know, um, it, look. Let's be honest. We shouldn't have won that title that season from where we were. We shouldn't. Uh, we didn't. It's not simply a matter of us winning it. United lost it because they threw it away. Um, was did they have a was it a four four at Everton? So United threw it away as as much as we won it. I mean, we had to win our games, which we did. But they had to drop points, and they did that as well. So the pressure is off when you don't expect to win it. Now, the pressure is more on Liverpool and us, because obviously we know any more uh, cock-ups, and they'll be uh, pastors. They know that when they come to play us, they've got to beat us, really, unless we drop some more points before then. But they know that they've got to, they've really got to beat us. And I think they knew that anyway. But the, there's even more pressure on it now, because before it was... 
when you're if you are five points ahead, they've got to beat us to get close. Now they've got to beat us to get ahead. I think that's going to put a bit more pressure on them because now they're in the good. They're on a good run. They're on a fantastic run. Can they win the remaining whatever it is, ten games of the season in the league on the bounce, which they might have to do? I'm not so sure. If look, end of the day, I'll say this up front. If the Liverpool win the nine of the remaining ten games and they pip us to the title, they'll deserve it. I mean, we'll have we'll have lost it like United lost it all those years ago, but they'll have deserved it. They'll have got someone you know ninety odd points, and as people generally say, the best team in the league wins the league. So if if they beat us, they're the best. They, they beat you know. So we just have to keep um, you know. Hopefully, uh, we keep fighting and get back to what we were doing before Christmas, but. Um, I think since Christmas, our performances and results have uh, tailed off a bit. Well, when you say tailed off, Ray, I mean, we've, won, off. we've won 18 out of 21, for goodness sake. No, but if, uh, okay, you look since Christmas, okay, our league results since Christmas haven't been, um, the performances, the results haven't generally, in my opinion, my humble opinion, they haven't been very inspiring, okay? Yes, we've got over the line in games, but... You look back, and I mean, we're doing this ass about face, but you look back at our, our results since Christmas in the league only. Forget about everything else, okay? So you look at January. We start January on January the first. We beat Arsenal, and I think by all accounts, we were, you know, we were. Most people say we were lucky. We scored that goal in injury time. We beat Chelsea one nil. We played well. We draw with Southampton one all. Get into February. Okay, just the league games. You beat Brentford 2 0. Well, Brentford are on a horrible run near the bottom of the table. You beat Norwich 4 0. Well, Norwich are on a horrible run near the bottom of the table. You lose at home to Spurs. Spurs were, I think they'd lost the previous two games at home. They were not the team to beat us that day. They shouldn't have, but they beat us. Then we beat Everton 1 0. Let's be honest, scraped home against Everton. They could have had that penalty late on. Uh, then in the league, we'd be a pretty ranked Man United. We give them a, a good old duffing, but it was only 2 1 at our time. They did have the chances. And now we draw with Palace. Now, I'm sorry, whichever way you want to look at that, it's not the form of champions. You know, we've had, I think, five wins, six wins in since the uh, beginning of January, six wins and I think three draws and a defeat. Sorry, out of 30 points, we picked up um, 21. Mm-hmm. That's not the mm-hmm. that's not the former champion. So we, you know, people want to look back at a longer period. Well, you can look back and say eighteen out of the last twenty one or twenty two games we've won or whatever. That's if you want to put a, a, a that's a happy clappers view. If you want to mm-hmm. be a bit more negative like me, you look at what we've done since the start of the year. Um, you can call it negative. You can call it realistic. I look at what we've done in the ta- so I think the last ten league games: one six, drawn three, lost one. And we've not been playing against top teams. Let's be honest about that. You know, we played Arsenal, Chelsea, and, and, and the Spurs and United. Spurs and United, when we played them, they were not top teams. So, sorry, Ray. What did you just say? We beat um, Spurs, Chelsea, Man United. We lost to Spurs. We lost to Spurs. We beat Chelsea. We beat United. Beat Arsenal. Lost to Spurs. All right. All right. Spurs okay. Spurs not a good place. They just lost two games at home, and they were they were awful. They were awful. And then they come to us and beat us. So, uh, you know, you can turn around and say, oh, well, we've won six out of the last ten. But the performances haven't been great. If you're winning, sometimes all that matters is that you're winning. Performances don't matter. But then you go and throw in that, that defeat against Spurs and the, the you know, the draws with with Palace and Southampton. 
um, you know, it's it's not great. Well, thank goodness, thank goodness, with all of that negativity, uh, <laughs> we, we've got Colin Savage here. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ask Colin Savage to speak for about a minute and a half <laughs> while, I, while, while I go and uh, light up a cigarette, because I, I, I'm... I'm really, really stressed out about this particular performance. Now, what I want to ask uh, Colin, and then we're going to go over to Bernard, which probably will get me half the way through that cigarette, is um, uh, uh, Colin... Um, I hope it's a big uh, cigarette. <laughs> no, no, not, not that big. We don't do that over here in, in well, Korea. I heard uh, yours isn't that big, Mike. <laughs> uh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 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 Colin, a lot of City fans going into this game were unnecessarily, in 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 the views of a lot of the newspapers, uh, unnecessarily uh, nervous. Now, it was Patrick Vieira, and we all know that uh, they're on a decent run. What are they, 34 points? Pretty much middle of the league, and... Um, and, uh, uh, you know, not, not many people would have picked this team as one that we were uh, going to uh, trip up on. But uh, let, let's um, ask uh, Colin's view uh, on that. Then let's go to um, Bernard and Ray, you shut up for a bit. <laughs> uh, that is somehow. Um, yeah, I, I've a thing I've said on here before, so a while ago, that actually I feel Crystal Palace are a much better team than their league position Suggest, uh, and I think they've under underperformed to a large degree. Um, uh, and let's face it, they're a bit of a bogey team for us. Uh, we always seem to struggle when we go to Selhurst Park, whether it's kind of uh, you know, if you've ever been there, it's a it's a smallish ground, isn't it? And it's you know, it's one of those old fashioned ones where the crowd seems close to the pitch, and uh, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, it, it, it's in a tight corner of South London and it seems to take hours to get there, even from central London. But I say, Crystal Palace are a decent, they've got some decent players in that team. And, and you know, really they should be uh, challenging for at least a top half place. And, and it's the sort of team we hate, that they work hard, they, um, you know, they get great energy, that they're well organised, um, you know, the sort of team that gives us problems because they'll sit back, they'll defend. I said last night on Twitter, if Crystal Palace had been defending the Alamo, the Mexicans would have given up and gone home um, because they're, they're, they're well organised. They've got some talent and we know that they can break. You know, Conor Gallagher, um, you've got Sahar, um, what's it, what's it, um, Eloise or whatever his name is. Um, they're not a bad team. Um, and we... I think it's fair to say that, apart from a few odd games, we've not really been super impressive this season, you know, consistently. Obviously, we were great against United, but, you know, it's all right doing it against the little teams. You've got to turn up against the better ones. <laughs> so um, it was a strange game last night. And, and, and I guess it, we, we could have easily gone up, gone in 2 3 nil up uh, at half time. But I was actually quite relieved that we went in level because Palace had their their attacks and their chances and there was almost two games going on last night you could look at that game and say we didn't play very well but you can look at it and say actually we had two two hit the post and it was agonizing watching those two hit the post one in each half because the ball just bent away towards 
the outside of the post at the last, you know, in the last yard or two, the ball had gone straight. I guess that's the problem with the lighter modern ball. Ball had gone straight, both of those that had gone in. You get Bernardo, who's normally the most, you know, our most reliable player, missing two absolute, what looked like, tappings. Uh, and maybe they were more difficult than they looked. Um, you know, Laporte missed a couple, didn't he? He had a good header that he didn't really get get hold of and he missed one. Well, I think that one would have been offside, actually, um, that, that he followed up um, a, a was poor onside, save yeah. from um, Guaita. Um, so so it's almost like there were two games going on. Uh, in one game, we weren't that good. In the other game, we did more than enough to win it. But I, I don't know. Um, I, I, but the one positive to come out of last night, well, we got a point, is that... Um, of course, all games so far, we've duplicated the result. When we played the, the both legs of the game, home and away, we've duplicated the result in every game. So we've either won. Uh, Southampton, we drew. Spurs, we lost both games. So that's what I was a bit nervous about last night, having been beaten uh, by Crystal Palace at home. But, of course, we did a little bit better. We didn't lose. We did a li- little bit better. And even if we duplicate all our results for the rest of the season, we will win the title. So yeah, yeah, it was a, a strange one last night. Not, you know, not many players came out of it with a great deal of credit. I thought so, John Stones, Kevin De Bruyne wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I had a bit. I, I had a, made a tongue-in-cheek comment about um, uh, Eric Laporte because um, he, he was stood still and got robbed. Uh, so I put um, something on Twitter: um, Is uh, Amir Laporte the new Otamendi? Discuss. I mean, it's oh, 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 go at me over it. But Laporte actually, uh, he did have a good game in the end, and 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 he is a better player than Otamendi. But uh, uh, and what I meant was Otamendi. Uh, apparently, he's having a stormer tonight. Um, Otamendi would give us ninety minutes of back to the wall, solid defending, and there'd be one absolute brain fart, which would give the you know give the game away. So um, that, that's kind of what I meant. Uh, and Laporte. Is someone who occasionally fills me with nervousness. But look, looking at that team last night, that 11 he put out, you couldn't argue with, I mean, considering Diaz is out injured. Personally, I'd always have Diaz and Stones as my first choice. The, the only other player you can uh, argue um, deserved a place or, or you, you could usefully put in is uh, Gundogan. So, so that 13, the 11 that started last night, Plus, uh, obviously, Ruben Diaz was injured and, and um, Ilkay Gundogan. I think there are almost like our thir- our first team, first choice thirteen, if you like. Or oh. yeah. Um, so so yeah, it was a, it was a weird one. And um, you know, how can you legislate for Bernardo failing to hit the target twice when the goal was at his mercy and two balls which just bent away at the last minute came off the outside of the post instead of the inside? And you know, it, and you looked at that. That game, Rodri had a poor game. Cancelo was, I don't know what he thought he was doing last night, but it was a series of Hollywood, attempted Hollywood passes, uh, many of which didn't come off. He was very careless. I thought the front five, I, I'll give De Bruyne a bit of a pass. He was OK. Uh, Grealish tried hard. Foden, um, I'd say Foden, Bernardo and, well, he was, oh, Amarez wasn't bad as usual, but none of them were great. Uh, and particularly Foden and Bernardo, weren't at the races, not up to the level 
that we expect from them. Both absolutely exceptional players. Uh, and neither were really at that level last night. And then, of course, the absolutely baffling uh, lack of substitutions from Pep. And it's not as though we've only got kids on the bench. <laughs> I, I don't think it was a Raheem Sterling sort of game. I don't think he likes those sort of up and at packed defences. Uh, but we've got Gabriel Jesus. He, he He's... You know, he's ready to mix it. He's ready to get in there. He, he, he always pulls something out the back. One of our, you know, more reliable players, if not the most spectacular. Um, uh, you know, Gundogan. Well, you know, why Bernardo looked shattered. Uh, Foden looked, uh, and I think both both played midweek as well, didn't they? Both played a full game midweek. Or did Foden, Foden come off? I can't remember. But you know, why not just, we had three players on the bench at least could have brought on to freshen it up. Uh, and it's baffling why he didn't. And and that, that's me done. So over to Bernard. Uh, Bernard, um, uh, Colin mentioned um, Eloise. Now... <laughs> Elise. For, Elise. For, for, for that, that, that's, <laughs> that, that seems to be um, a number one single for the punk band, The Damned. <laughs> That 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 shows you how old I am. But they they weren't that they, they, they weren't they weren't that good. That Eloise, the original. They they weren't that good, Bernard. Um, uh, but they obviously they give us um, some trouble. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Palace, it was a bit like Southampton, wasn't it? I mean, they were very good at wasting time. We, we bang on about this time and time again, don't we? They were collapsing all over the pitch when no one was anywhere near them. Obviously, this obviously must be part of Vieira's uh, tactics as a manager to to obviously get the best out of his players. And when he, when he thinks his players aren't that great, uh, just when you can, lads, just waste time, pretend that you're injured and fall over and things like this. And I wasn't very happy about that. Uh, obviously, that's up to the referee to clamp down, but we're not going to get that from Mr. Atkinson, are we? We know what a total waste of space he is. I mean, if you remember that Bernardo thing in the second half, I actually I watched the game back yesterday on on the telly after being there last night, and I watched the game back today, and I can't. I was I was that pathetic. I was that angry, or whatever you would call it, frustrated. I think not angry, frustrated. Uh, after that one with Bernardo sent wide of the post in the second half, I counted out how long it took between the the game restarting because obviously the Palace players had, had fallen down all over the pitch. The goalkeeper was changing sides on goal kicks and remonstrating, saying he was blaming the linesmen for putting him in the wrong place and all this sort of thing. And it was two minutes forty seconds between. Bernardo missing and play restarting and that was just one incident I mean so to get five minutes at the end and that was perfect it just you know it, it should have been at least 10 whether we would have scored is another matter they could have probably gone up the other end and scored in all fairness we wouldn't have even got a point so I wasn't that worried uh, when by the end of it but yeah he plays to his strengths Vieira and Palace do have some good young players uh, but and he's nearly got us on the break a few times as, as Ray and Colin have, have said before of course he did but I thought he played a perfect Perfect game, Vieira. Uh, the Palace fans are superb. But if you remember when City were rubbish uh, back in the day, we had a lot of fun on the sta- in the stadium. We had a lot of laughs at Main Road. We had a lot of sing songs, and that's what the Palace fans do because they have to. If they have to watch that crap, I'm sorry, I'd be bouncing and jumping up and down and singing, banging my drum because I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't face that sort of uh, game week in week out. And I'm sure they don't play like, like that week in week out. But uh, no, Vieira, all credit to him. He, he sort of put out a team that, that did a job and say very nearly very nearly got the three points. That that was the scary bit for me. Ray, I know that you don't like me doing this, but I do 
uh, I do go on to the Anfield rap and I listen to their uh, post-match uh, uh, pint. And those guys are cock-a-hoop, uh, oh, yeah. Ray. They, 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 they think that we've tossed it. Yeah, well, look, we were we were eight points clear. If you throw all the game that Liverpool had, you know, we were eight points clear. And now, uh, if they win their game in hand, they're one point, one point behind. So we've we've tossed away, well, three, five, seven points, haven't we? Uh, in uh, probably seven games. So, yeah, they're, they're on a, a very, very good winning run in the Premier League. They're in pretty good form. They're scoring lots of goals. And even when they're struggling a bit, they're still flopping over the line. Um, so they're in the ascendancy. They're, they've got the momentum. They're playing generally better football than us. And as I said, what we've seen in the in the league this season, uh, sorry, this in 2022, hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. And as I said, the teams that we, we, we've had two thumping wins uh, away at Norwich and at home to Man United. We've In that time, we played Brentford, who were, I think, sixth bottom at the time. Everton, who were fourth bottom at the moment. Um, so you'd be expecting to beat them. Um, you know, I'm I'm not overly enamoured by what we've done. And, and as, as I, I'll repeat, the Liverpool fans, they're ecstatic. Everybody, apart from City fans, said it was over. People didn't really believe it was over because... I, I, I said even when we were eight points clear or eleven points clear when they had a game in hand, that lose a game, draw a game, bang, you know they're, they're back in it. Then they're only a few points behind, and that's exactly what's happened. And now we're drawn another. And the way we're going, um, you know, it's yes, it's better to have the points on the board. We, they've got the game in hand, but we'd still be one point clear if they win that. Um, but they're they're coming up on the rails. And they've got, you know, like they've got the momentum, and it looks like, you know, if like like was it Sky or whoever said, yeah, hey, if Liverpool win all their remaining games, they win the league title. Forgetting that, if City, we know what about us, you know? Uh, but, but that's the agenda. I've got a, um, a question, uh, an online question for Colin Savage, and uh, they're asking me to ask him <laughs> honestly. Honestly, I think you get honestly. these. I think, I, I think you make these up. No, no, no. This is coming through. You can check it on, uh, <laughs> on, on the ball from the blue. Uh, Colin, are Liverpool better than we are? Um, well, no. Uh, well, Liverpool are a good team. They're, they're really two very good teams in the, in the Premier League, wasn't Liverpool? Are they better than different? Um, yeah, they've They've got one thing that we haven't, which is a reliable goal scorer in Mohamed Salah. Uh, and, and, and Diego Diego Jota's not bad. I must, must admit, I, I was puzzled by that purchase, but it's it's worked out well for them. And I've said this before, that um, and someone who knows, knows better than me also said this, that um, it takes a long time to get uh, into a PEP system. So, you know, we've said this about Jack Grealish, he's come along and he's done some good stuff and he's been, you know, he's done things that people have criticised him for. And um, But we know it takes a season to get, particularly for an attack, midfield attacking player, you know, a defender defends, but, but you know, Diaz is the, about the only player who's come in and really hit the ground running. All the other players, particularly those going forward, take, take a while because Peps is a very difficult system to find your way into and you've got to be the right sort of player to do it now so so Klopp's system and this is not a not criticism of him but Klopp's system he's, he's gegenpressing 
it's a lot more straightforward. Again, you've got to have the players to do it, uh, and they're quite they're lucky because they've got that real kind of dynamite front three. You know, uh, Salah, Mane, and and Jota. I mean, Firmino, uh, he plays his part from time to time, but he's not as consistent as those three. Uh, and um, you know, there's speculation at the moment that Salah might leave on a free transfer because they're not meeting what he thinks he's worth in, in terms of salary, and that that will hurt them. Uh, there's no doubt about it. We've managed without uh, a consistent goal scorer, uh, but, but Salah leaving will absolutely hurt them. And um, it, you know, it, it's a straightforward. We you know we see what the Liverpool system is. It's it, it's press, 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 press. Like, that the fullbacks are a key to this, which is why uh, Alexander Arnold has so many assists. And uh, you know, it's a relatively straightforward system, but you know, try and stop it. It's not that simple. Bernard, a hand on heart. Are City a better team than Liverpool this season? This season? Um, up to now, yes. Because <laughs> there's uh, four points ahead and they've only got a game in hand. But yes, you know, you know me, Matt. I was saying as long as... I mean, we've been going on about Christmas and form since Christmas. I, I do remember saying, guys, that I thought City were in second or third gear up to Christmas and I couldn't believe how far ahead we were at mm. that stage because I thought... The Premier League is going to be absolutely in trouble if we go up another gear or two. Since Christmas, I think Ray's touched upon it, uh, we've probably stuck, I think the gears have slipped a little bit, we've probably been stuck in that gear. We've certainly not gone up one or two gears. Uh, we've sort of stayed about the same, perhaps lost a little bit of momentum, perhaps we're driving uphill, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, I mean... I think it's all going to boil down to the next two games to tell us because it's all about momentum, as Ray said. If we beat Burnley away and we beat Liverpool at home, the momentum will be back with us. But if we don't, if we don't, if we don't beat Burnley, God forbid, we don't beat Burnley. I mean, let's face it: when it comes uh, to the to the Burnley game, I think if if Liverpool beat Arsenal, I think they play before we play Burnley, don't they? So we'll actually be second second spot in theory if Liverpool win both their games. So we'll actually start that Burnley game in second place. And there's there's a something we've not done for a little while. Uh, so we've got to win that. And as I said, it's momentum. And as Ray said before, it's momentum. If we, if we beat Burnley, and yes, if we absolutely, if Liverpool bottle it at our place and we, and we stuff them, which we are quite capable of doing, I would say, yes, we are. We are the best team. And our momentum then, hopefully, will take us to a, to a back-to-back league title. But at this point in time, the jury's pretty much out for me as to who is the best of two very, very good teams. Colin, let me give you a laugh. Um, I was on the uh, the YouTube channel with Ray um, uh, a night or two ago, and he reckons that Man City should buy Mohamed Salah. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't think they'd sell him, but he's on a free team at the end of next. Is it next season? Is it is it that is it that preposterous a notion? I I think that um, well, well, you know, we could buy, we could offer him a fortune, buy him on a free, offer him a fortune, then lend him out to Everton. you know, joking apart, we, we just said it, didn't we? That Salah in our team, uh, we'd be walking away with the league because he's a reliable goal scorer and he's a player. But, you know, we don't we don't really have players who could create something out of nothing. It's a team team game with us. But you know, a player like Salah who can run at people, who can take chances, you know, who can score from outside the box, inside the box. Um, 
everyone says, you know, we're missing Aguero. And Salah is not that far different from Aguero, is he? Well, um, Colin, Ray's argument is that he's um, he's more effective than um, than Riyad Mahrez. Uh, and first of, uh, second of all, we can afford him. Uh, third of all, he's looking for more money. And um, it's a, a kind of a, a no-brainer. It would really, really hurt uh, the opposition. No, this kind of thing, this kind of thing is not unheard of because you 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 can remember the days when that pig's head was thrown on the pitch in Spain because then uh, Luis Figo was uh, was uh, assigned. It's not it's not totally unheard of. Um, we we could we could send Sterling back the other way, couldn't we? In exchange, Ray, are you going to chime in here and defend yourself? Oh, I'm not looking to defend it. I said it on the pod. I said it uh, a while ago. I said, I don't expect Salah to come to us. There's not many clubs that can afford him. But what we sh- absolutely should be doing is putting it out there that we're ready to pay £500,000 a week, if not more, for more Salah. Mm-hmm. Because that's the level of what more Salah is right now. He's the best player in the world. No doubt about it. Best player in the world. Okay, without Mo Salah last season, Liverpool would not have finished with was it nine out of, uh, nine wins out of the last ten games or what it was to uh, seal top four. They wouldn't have made top four. They wouldn't be in the Champions League this season. Mo Salah is worth millions, tens of millions of pounds to Liverpool because without him, honestly, think they'd be, this season they'd be fighting for top four. They wouldn't be fighting for the league title. They'll be fighting to struggling with you know your, your your bums like Man United trying to squeeze top four because that's how much of an impact Salah's... Was it, is it 21 Premier League goals? That's the impact that he's on their team in the last few seasons. So we should put it out there. And look, I do not expect him to come to City even if we were interested, even if offering that 500 grand away because Liverpool would want to sell him to us. They have to let him go on a free transfer. He's got all the, the problems that Steven Gerrard had. He wanted to leave for Chelsea because, uh, you know, those uh, nice, friendly Liverpool fans will let what they think about it. I think they'd make his life hell. But the thing is, we need to, you know, you've got to cause, um, what's the right word, some controversy. You've got to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Liverpool do not want to pay Salah 400 grand a week, let alone 500 now, Salah's agent's been, look, you know, the, the Liverpool fans are having to go at him. Well, he's doing the, whatever he thinks he's best for his club. If Liverpool have to pay Salah 500 grand a week because his agent says sitting to pay that, then that's going to cause Liverpool some problems. They're all, will not be happy about paying 500 grand a week for more Salah. Other players will say, hang on, I want a little extra. Van Dijk will be knocking on the door. Maybe uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, who they've been horrendously underpaid for so long. Maybe Robertson. Maybe one or two others will say, I think we deserve a bit more. So you go, you, you smash your weight structure and then you get, you know, six or seven players asking for 20 or 30 grand a week more. You might say, well, that's not that much. But it's suddenly you're paying an extra six or seven million pounds. And Liverpool, the, the, the budgets, it's already a bit tight. I think next year they're going to have, they'll probably be the owners in the Premier League. Um Especially if they go deep in the Champions League this season. So, you know, they're on cost more money through through the uh, uh, the coffers, but they don't want to pay too much money to Salah because others will be asking for as well. But we've got to kick up a fuss. We've got to make him unhappy if we can. We've got to throw some seeds of dis 
not discord, a bit of doubt, you know, um, and dispute at Liverpool because it's in the head. You know, we've got to do whatever we can, whatever we can to disrupt Liverpool just a little bit because it is right now fine margins. And Salah might be saying, well, let, let me try and focus on, uh, you know, on the rest of the season. Let my uh, agent deal with this and we'll talk about it at the end of the season. But we should be going out all out full blast to cause that problem at Liverpool. And if we do, put out, I mean, why can't we just put out a, a bid for Salah of 100 million, 120 million? Why can't we do that? We'll pay him 500 grand a week. Because even though it might not happen, you've got to remember who Liverpool's owners are, FSG. They're in it for the money, all this talk about Moneyball. Salah will have one year left on his contract at the end of the season. Do you honestly think the owners wouldn't want to sell to Man City for 120 million? Do you honestly mm. think that with one year on his oh. contract? Now, it might be that Klopp and the and the fans, you know, make such a uh, kick, such a sting that it won't happen and Salah wouldn't do it anyway. But you've got to cause trouble at that club. You've got to do the your level best to make them flip out uh, and disrupt them, get into their heads. Uh, but you've got to get something Salah might say, I'm Real Madrid or, you know, because remember, Real Madrid can afford him, I think, in a year's time if he's coming on a free. Barcelona could afford him in a year's time if he's coming on a free. So they might do a deal with him if if we're offering him 500. So I, I just want to cause trouble because any slight advantage that we can get, we should take. Mm-hmm. Well, well it, it's interesting. Can I just go in there just to pick up a couple? Yeah, of yeah. Um, when Graham Rooney put in his supposed transfer request in 2010, that, that without getting into the full story, that I, I'm 99% certain was an attempt to change the wage structure at United because um, Alex Ferguson wasn't happy about it. Now, uh, Wayne Rooney had a uh, clause in his contract which said he was the highest paid, he had to be the highest paid player. Now, I always thought that meant he had to be the highest paid player, but no, it's it's like a parity clause. You can have five or six highest paid players as long as they all get the same. Uh, and what Ray said was absolutely right. If, um, you know, Salah gets at double but he's supposed to be on 200k a week at Liverpool. If he gets 400k a week, 350k, 400k a week, then everyone wants parity with that. Not necessarily with the with, with the with the 400k. Maybe there's you know, other players on 200k a week, Van Dijk or someone. They're going to go up to 400k. Other players on 100k a week are want are going to want double the salary. So so it hits Liverpool uh, quite hard financially, which is why it's a great idea to you know to force them to do something. Um, and uh, the, the other thing is, um, I say, um, Rooney's transfer request was, um, you know, f- forced that situation. I can't remember the other. I'm sure I was going to say something else. But, um, yeah, it's um, uh, that's right. Our our strategy went when, after the takeover. Our strategy was to hurt what we saw as our competitors. And that was Arsenal, Aston Villa, who were, you know, Art Villa were doing quite well in those days. So we took players like Gareth Barry. James Milner, um, Colo Torre, Adebayor. Uh, I th- think they might thank us for taking Adebayor off their hands, mind you. But, um, you know, that, that, that was our, our tactic. And, uh, yeah, he's right, I think. Uh, Bernard, have we ever actually yeah. signed a, Gal- a, a Galactico? And do you think it's ever going to happen? <laughs> um, uh, well, not really, no. It's not usually our policy, is it? Uh, but there's nothing to say things won't change. Look, we, we signed Joe. 
But Colin, you 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 told us that we got him for five million and not nineteen. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't pay what um, everyone thought we paid. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That, that that twenty million was was uh, Declan Shinawatra trying to um, you know uh, trying to be clever. I mean, where where was the sense in that call? Because we didn't make much money on his shirt printing, did we? What was the point of that? I mean, <laughs> what happened to the commercial thought there? There was yeah, no yeah, commercial yeah, thought yeah. behind that Should one, was there? Chelsea, shouldn't we? Or... Well, <laughs> let, let, me, let me just go over to Bernard again, because I have been taking some flack for making some sarcastic uh, comments on Twitter about um, a particular uh, aggregator called City Extra, um, uh, Bernard, and... Uh, they're bigging this whole Erling Haaland thing up to the nines. And uh, there's a there's literally a new post every five minutes about <laughs> that. Um, what is your level of scepticism, uh, Bernard, about that whole thing? Oh, well, I can't say. I've just, I've just done a pod with one of the City Extra guys, so I can't, I can't, I can't be too down on him. But, uh, well, it's just another one guy. It's just another it's, one. It's different guys that do the... Um, that do the actual podcast. Those are those are nice. Those are nice guys. But, <laughs> but the the people that actually do the um, no the, no, it's one of the guys who does the background stuff. Yeah, it's not the guys. The two guys who do the pod. Yeah, I quite like those guys, as, as you say. But uh, yeah, it's just one of the lads who does other stuff behind the scenes for him. So yeah, I don't take any notice, mate. Do you? I mean, do you seriously take any notice of? Of that stuff that comes out, of course, it, it could be possible. I mean, I keep seeing things. It's going to be announced uh, sometime soon. I did put a little tweet out saying, obviously, people people telling me it was he was coming to City. You've got like two hundred followers, and someone said, "Well, what does that matter?" So some other guy's got fifty thousand followers, and he says it might be happening. So you know, it doesn't doesn't make any difference how many followers he got, does it? I don't. At the end of the day, where have they got this information from? It's just absolute rubbish, isn't it? And I, I would never take any notice of anything until Cheek is involved and I, and I see him sat on that table next to him in all fairness and I, I, that's been the position for the last few years. I, I don't know Ray because this um, this fella Julian Alvarez looks looks absolute mustard doesn't he? Well it's something I, I, I said um, was it yesterday I said if we're buying uh, Julian Alvarez why do we need Haaland? Yeah because Julian Alvarez is not coming to Man City. We're not paying that sort of money, whatever it was, 15 million quid for the kid, for him to be sitting on the bench. Absolutely. Um, no chance. So, you know, that's why I said maybe Haaland's not happening. People said, oh, well, we're going to get Haaland as well. And I'm thinking we're going from zero strikers, which we've had pretty much the last two seasons, to two strikers. I, I, you know, I don't I don't think we're going to go for overkill. But people always come back. They've always got a wisecrack back. Oh, well... You know, we want two um, top-class players in every position. Well, we've had no top-class strikers for the last two seasons. And we won the league last season and we're top uh, right now. So, um, I'm not buying that. I've said it many times. Anybody can say anything they like. And very it's very rare that someone says, you're lying. It's very rare. Now, I've just put out a tweet uh, and I've said that Haaland's... That's it. No, sorry. City want to buy... Uh, are prepared to pay 500 grand for more Salah. No one, no, well, people, <laughs> because I've not got a blue tick and, you know, 50,000 followers, people will just say, you know, you're just making that up. But anybody with a blue tick or whatever, you can make it up. Look, ha let's look at Haaland one. Haaland's going to go to probably one of, I think, two places, Real Madrid or Man City. I think that's it. That's my, 
That's my opinion. I don't think he's going to PSG. Why would you want to have a downgrade, really, going there, PSG struggling? Barcelona haven't got the finances, probably, for a Haaland deal. Uh, I can't see Mino Riola accepting them to uh, push most of the wages to the end of the contract. I, I just can't see it. Um, so if you say it's just City and Madrid, you can put out anything you want. I, I've said um, that Haaland will come to Man City. Okay, I've said that I've got two sources that have told me on the nod and the wink that Haaland's coming to Man City. Now, if Haaland doesn't come to Man City and goes to Real Madrid, I will just come out and say, well, right at the last second, Mina Royola asked for an extra 10 million quid as part of his part of the deal and City walked away or 20 million and City walked away. And then you get out of it and you say, well, it was going to happen, but something threw a spanner in the works. Anybody can make anything up. So I don't trust these guys, you know, and, and these stories are coming out every day because it sells, in the old days, it would sell copy. Right now, it, it people click on it. And even though we are, we're, we're all farts, okay? We're all farts. We are bored by this. You know, we, we take it for what it is. It's probably a load of rubbish. And we are not going to do the clicking. The young kids, they'll click on this every single day, hoping it's going to happen. So the aggregators and everybody else will keep putting out this these rubbish stories um, because it works. And that's it. If it didn't work, they wouldn't keep doing it. Anyway, while we've been while you've been talking, it's that uh, our best chance of getting through to the um, Champions League semi-finals disappeared. United have gone out, beaten yeah. Atletico um, one nil. Uh, Colin, can can you just give us um, an update on that because I haven't been following it's it. It's over, one nil. Yeah. Uh, so United United are out. Yes, basically. Well, that's that's <laughs> just lovely, isn't it? <laughs> If we get, you know, in the next round, court final, yeah. Court final, yeah. yeah, we play uh, United, two legs. Uh, Colin, let's, let's just uh, go over to you because I do feel um, uh, a, a little bit of uh, a, a debt of gratitude to one of our um, followers called uh, Mark Allen. And um, he did, um, he did um, um, uh, a show with uh, Ray and he was asking about um, how City need to strengthen um, in the summer. And I, I was just wondering um, if you had any thoughts about that. Uh, well, yeah, we need a left back um, because Cancelo, um, you know, for all the good he does, isn't a left back. Um, you know, he's much more of a midfield player, isn't he? Um, he, he? He's a winger, actually, isn't he? Colin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, Zinchenko always gives his all. Uh, and I think he's great going forward, but he's not a left back. So, so you know, we've messed about with this for so long now. And, uh, you know, we need a fo- at least one f- forward. I mean, I don't think we'd ever play like a 4-4-2 with, um, you know, two forwards or, or 4-3-3 with, you know, Tevez, Aguero and Dzeko uh, up front. But, um, I, you know, I, I think there's a place for uh, Alvarez and um, um, Haaland, potentially. I, I'm not sure what we're going to do with Alvarez, but... Um, yeah, we, we need a forward. There's lots of players. You know, you look at Raheem Sterling going into the last year of his contract. You know, he had a little bit, a brief renaissance a few games ago, but, you know, he's not doing, he's not pulling up any trees, is he? You think, in the same way that uh, we talked about Salah, anyone comes in with a half decent bid for Sterling, we take it. Um, people talk about Gabriel Jesus. I, I like Gabriel Jesus. I think it gives you something a little bit different. Um but, you know, if we, again, if we got a decent offer for him, would we take it? Uh, I don't know. Mares, 31. But, I mean, he's, anyway, he's, 
probably one of most our most important players at the moment. I wouldn't want to get rid of Mares, but uh, you know, he's I think he's got designs on going back to Paris, hasn't he? His home city. So yeah, well, you know, um, we'll see what happens in the summer. I mean, Fernandinho is another one. You know, um, there's that ridiculous story by Sam Lee that Fernandinho feels disrespected and the players are up in arms about him not being. But you know, when he comes on, he does a job for us. There's no doubt about it. He's still got, he's still got it, Fernandinho. But he's not going to play, you know, what 25 games a season, 20 games a season. You know, he's going to be doing the League Cups, isn't he? And they, you know, like the, the, the second leg against a team we've beaten five in the first. How, how how do you see that, Bernard? Um, what 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 would what would your um, your ideas be about squad strengthening? I think I think well, Colin sort of it's not on the head there. I mean, obviously, I, I do look forward to Alvarez and Haaland, the new John Toshak, Kevin Keegan link up. That'd be <laughs> that'd be really good. For old guys like us, probably most of your listeners probably don't say who the bloody hell's John Toshak and Kevin Keegan, but uh, yeah, I do look forward to that. But I, I think Colin's spot on there. I mean, obviously, they're talking about like people like Declan Rice, aren't they, and stuff like that, but. If Rodri's going to be hard, hard is, Declan Rice isn't coming. I mean, he's not going to come to play second fiddle. But is Declan Rice a better proposition than Rodri? I pro- possibly think so. I think he certainly is. Uh, certainly based on the fact that I have liked Rodri this season. But, uh, yeah, he's, you know, games like last night, mate, you think uh, he doesn't really do that much creativity-wise, does he? I know he's... Are, you, are, you, are, you, are you actually taking Declan Rice over Rodri? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the options. You're just asking what what we do. Some people have said that Declan yeah, Rice yeah. is linked, hasn't yeah. he? But as I said, just to come in for that sort of role. And obviously, I said, well, that's not going to happen in a million years because he he want, he's a he's a first team player. He's not going to sit on the bench and be a backup for anybody, which is what Ferner does. Ferner's Ferner is quite happy, apart from what Sam Lee says, which is utter rubbish, uh, to sit on the bench. There's no there's no problem there. As you know, that's just that's just made up rubbish, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. But so, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I, th- I think Colin's spot on. I can't see any any other reason. I don't know how old's walking, how he's walking, knocking on. But I mean, if, yeah, if, well, if, well, if, that, that was my next question, Ray. Do do we not need a right back? Maybe. Uh, if you don't believe in CJ Egan Riley, then uh, yeah, we do need a right back. Uh, for, for for now, I'm just you know thinking Walker will be here for at least a couple of more seasons. Uh, once his pace goes, uh, he'll be gone because. Um, that's what he's relying on. He's relying on his pace to get him out of trouble. Um, so yeah, I, th- oh, I thought it was his crossing ability, Ray. I thought it was his crosses we were relying on. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's not so good uh, at the crosses. But look, I think we need a right back. Uh, I think we need a, a backup DM, um, and I, and I think we need. Um, that's probably all we need. If we get Harlan, fantastic, uh, but. You know, I don't mind getting someone like, I mean, you might not agree with this, like uh, Declan Rice or even Calvin Phillips. If you think they're good enough, I have no problem. Uh, because those guys have got to look at it. They believe in themselves. I want someone who can believe in themselves that they can take that position over Rodri. I want someone who believes in themselves. And I don't want someone coming to City to be back up. No, no. I, I always say when you get somebody, when you're looking at your transfers, I want to improve my first team. If there's someone out there who's better than Rodri, don't get him. I have no problem with that. Um, I don't want to get someone to improve my bench. What's the point? And the way Pep's going, he's not even using the guys on the bench. So what's the point of having a stronger bench? 
I mean, I got it at some point. I know we're quite late in the pod, but I'd like to talk about last night's game. You know, I wouldn't mind a little bit. I've not really said much. I've got to say my piece. There are people out there on social media who have criticised certain players, uh, criticised the manager, and others have come out and said, how dare you do that? How dare you? How very dare you do that and criticise? So you've got your happy clappers versus your uh, your uh, doom mongers. I'd like to think I'm nearer the middle. Probably more doom monger. Were you impressed by uh, Vieira and how he deployed his team? Uh, I'm not bothered about night? Vieira because I'm, I watch City week in, week out. So let's talk about City. Sorry, Mike, for being such a bl- blunderbuss about this. But I was actually <laughs> asking that question. Or was, that, but, no, uh, but here's the thing. But here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. Um, People criticised Bernardo and said he had a rubbish game. Bernardo scores one goal last night. He had two really good chances. He should have scored. There's no, he should have scored from both of them, Okay, uh, in my opinion. Uh, if he scores one of them, people turn around and say, oh, Bernardo's had a great game. And that's how thin the line is. If he scores a goal, people say, oh, Bernardo scored again. He had a great game. He got in good positions and blah, blah, blah. You know, We missed at least, at least five chances. Bernardo missed two. There was um, the rod... The, it was the open goal that he missed a header, and whether it was offside or not, he missed the chance. And Mara's had a, I think, a really good opportunity as well when the KDB hit the post, and Mara's hit it, uh, and the goalie saved it. When really, I don't know what he was doing when he had the other side of the net to aim at. Um, so I think we had five really good chances. Look, Palace had a few good opportunities as well. But we, you know, for a, a, a game where we didn't play, I don't think we played v- uh, brilliantly. We, we we give the ball up far too often, uh, far too easily, far too cheaply. We made too many mistakes. We still had five fantastic chances to score. We could have walked away with a 4-0 win last night. Yep. People have said, look at City, City are back, they're cruising. And those are the margins. But you, but the people who say you cannot criticise Pep, they're out of their minds. You can criticise Pep. Everybody makes mistakes. All of us make mistakes. And even Pep, we can argue, and I think quite rightly, he's probably the best manager we've ever had and ever will have in our lifetimes. Um, and he's, he's, he's one of the best managers in the world ever. But he can still make mistakes. Look at that Champions League last season. He got that wrong. He's made mistakes. And you can... You know, oh, for, for goodness sake, Ray, like a... Like a let it go. Let it go. A, a six four he makes mistakes. boy he could have got that line up better than he Look, did. He makes mistakes. For me, people say Foden did have a great game. Foden's best out on the left, not up front. Foden's best on the left. Play him there. And, and by squeezing Grealish in time after time on the left wing, you are taking a bit away from what Foden can do. And Ray, Foden you, is the do, best. Do, do, you, do you remember the game against Chelsea when he didn't play a, set, a, a defensive midfielder? That 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 worries me, quite frankly. Well, Pep can do all sorts. And, you know, he we, we know that. We've said it so many times. I, I can still hear Colin... You know, from the last couple of years, telling me Pepe's overthinking things. I can still hear it runs around in my head because he does. He overthinks. He goes too far. And I'm sorry, not playing a sub after whinging that you can't get five subs for so many months. Not playing a sub. You know, look. People said Bernardo was tired. Bernardo doesn't normally last more than seventy. Okay, he should have had Bernardo off. Um, for me, I, I, 
and I put Gundogan on. For me, I would have had Gabriel Jesus on for the 20 minutes up front with, with Folden out on the left because Folden is our best left winger. So changes like that, uh, that you know, it, it'll change things up so much. It allows maybe Cancelo to come inside a little bit as well, which people have been saying ever since Pep's pushed Cancelo out wider, uh, form has dropped off. So, look, Pep can make mistakes and none of us are as good as Pep. That's true, you know, because if we were, we'd be doing the same job as he is. But, you know, we're not all blind. We do, we can see what's going on, you know, and we, we might not be the best tacticians and, and all that, but we can see mistakes. And, and I'm sorry, this 2022 season, this this calendar year, we haven't been great. The results have shown, the performances have shown that. And, you know, it's. I think everybody is entitled to criticise or critique the manager and players if they've not well or managed with main mistakes. Uh, and and Pep coming out and telling us it was a great game. game if you score two or three goals and you and you win it and we played well and all that. But please, don't cry for the subs. Then don't use the subs. And uh, as, as it Colin who said, you know, we're playing players who played in midweek when they didn't need to play, and they they look tired for this game. played a half. So they both came yeah. uh, both came off at half time, didn't they? They didn't well, need to play. They didn't need to play unless you unless you felt they needed to play on Wednesday for their momentum to keep you know ticking at the right level. But I, I, no, for me, they should have rested in midweek. They should have given it everything and just changed things around because obviously what he was doing wasn't working. It hadn't worked. And people say, well, if we scored in the last minute. You can turn around and say it worked, but for me it wasn't working. Change things up. You've got these players on the bench, and you know if I honestly, if you Gabriel Jesus, you've got to look and say, what am I doing here? Honestly, what am I doing here? If I can't get in a team that's struggling to score, failing to score, and I'm staying okay. on the bench. Okay, okay, right. Let let, let me just uh, go to uh, Colin uh, first of all, and then to Bernard. Start off with Colin. Uh, Colin, can Arsenal do to Liverpool what Crystal Palace did to City? Well, they can do, yeah. I mean, it's nil-nil till the whistle blows, isn't it? Um, and Arsenal are looking quite... I, I watched them um, the, the other night and um, they, they play like us. But, well, is that enough to beat Liverpool? Yeah, I think uh, at, at the Emirates... It is at the Emirates, isn't it? Yeah, that... Um, they they can do something, um, yeah. So well, I mean that's what we're hoping, isn't it? Let's be honest. But you know, even a draw would do, wouldn't it? You know, get it back for three points. Um, still in, you know, still potentially in our hands. A draw is good enough at the Etihad against Liverpool, and um, you know we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so I think we'll all be watching. Um, we'll all be Arsenal fans unusually tomorrow night. Well, well let, let's go over to uh, Bernard and. Um... And ask Bernard, what what do you reckon Arsenal's prospects are against Liverpool in that particular game? Well, I th- I, I just don't have any hope that Liverpool, uh, sorry, that Arsenal will do it. I think they'll just. I, th- I think they are playing well, as Colin said. They certainly improved and they play some good stuff. But uh, I think Liverpool's tails are up again now, guys. That's that's the problem. Uh, 
sort of we mentioned the word a couple of times, haven't we? Momentum. I think the tails are up. I think they'll be really up for this one tomorrow, knowing that they'll reduce the thing to one point. Uh, and the cocker hoop, I think, as I think Ray mentioned early on about Liverpool, the fans and the and the team. And I don't expect anything other than a Liverpool victory tomorrow, right? They didn't look fantastic against West Ham uh, recently. They weren't great. West Ham had a few chances. Uh, but obviously, I can imagine a similar sort of thing tomorrow. I think Arsenal will have chances. But I think, as I said, Liverpool, psychologically, mentally, physically, and as a team, will be well up for this uh, tomorrow. And I, uh, tomorrow, and I think I think Liverpool will beat Arsenal. Well, uh, Ray, here's a question that, I, that, um, that, um, that I've heard and I've seen. And um, they've basically been been asking who can take points off Liverpool before the end of the season. And so my answer to that was um, City can. Uh, and you remember that we can do it. Um, but is there anyone else? I mean, is there anyone else? Um, anybody can. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, Premier League, anybody can take points off anybody uh, when you least expect it. OK, now. Look, Liverpool have been on a, a very, very, very good run. Okay, very, very good run. But you go back, you know, you go back to November. Liverpool lost to West Ham. You go back to October. They drew with Brighton. They drew, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. They drew with us. You know, they didn't. We we took points off them. Um, you, know, you go back to uh, Brentford. Drew with them. You can't believe that, can you? When you look at the table now, Brentford drew with Liverpool. So teams can do something against them. Um, I'm sure in December, had a struggle. Lost to in December, if you remember that. They drew with Spurs. So, um, but of late, Liverpool have just been steamrolling everybody. Uh, you know, basically thrashing most teams. Um, even, actually, if you go back to the uh, 2nd of January, they drew with uh, Chelsea. But since then, I don't think they've lost. I don't think they've I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm going to quit a lot, but I don't think they've dropped any points in the league since then. So, you know, they, they've been on it. So, and even difficult games, they, you know, they, uh, they beat West Ham 1 0. They might do things later on, but they're still doing it. They beat Burnley 1 0. You know, so they, they're dragging themselves over the line. But look, anyone can beat them. Arsenal could beat them. Yeah. They got, but you look at the games, you got Watford, they play Watford, then they got us, Villa away, okay, Villa, United, Everton, New, Newcastle in form, robbed against uh, Chelsea. But well, some tough games, you know, they finished the season Newcastle, uh, Spurs, Southampton, Wolves, any of those teams can get a point. I'm not sure anybody, any of them will. But it's the same way. Most Liverpool fans would not have expected us to drop. Southampton or Spurs or Palace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just as we are pessimistic about them dropping points and hopeful that they'll drop points, they'll be pessimistic about us dropping points and hopeful that we'll drop points. It's the same for each time. All right. Well, guys, let's just. Um, I know we haven't really talked about the ins and outs of that particular uh, a game against uh, Crystal Palace, but I don't think that a lot of us want to. Um, uh, but uh, what I want to do is go over to Colin Savage because a lot of people have been asking about what exactly the hell is going on with Chelsea and uh, Colin to be honest I, I don't really understand it um, what, uh, can, can, you, can you like explain what's going on there? I, I, I can try but 
I'm not sure I understand it myself, to be honest. I, 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 Stephen, Stephen it, had a good go to explain, so, but I still don't really understand it. Well, yeah, it's strange because obviously we know that the straightforward bit is that Roman Abramovich is, is deemed to be uh, someone who's close to uh, Vladimir Putin and has been sanctioned. So all his assets have been frozen. Now, obviously, Chelsea is one of his assets. But but to me, it all seems a little bit odd. You're punishing Chelsea for the sins of their owner. Um, and Chelsea basically have, um, they have to honour existing tickets sold before March the 10th, but they're not allowed to sell any tickets after that. They have to honour season tickets because that's a contract. They're, they're only allowed to spend, I think, 20000 to travel to away yeah. games. Um, um there's a block on their credit card. There's a block on their accounts. There's um, so, so basically the Premier League of Football Association uh, are, are allowing them to operate only under a very strict license. Now, to me, all seems very odd. Why are you punishing Chelsea for the sins of their owner? Uh, I can understand saying, yeah, you know, he's got to sell them or he can't take any money out of them. Because, of course, as we said before, the, the holding company, Ford Stam, which is obviously a a semi-anagram of Stamford, uh, is, owes uh, Abramovich £1.5 billion, which is reclaimable within 18 months on demand. Uh, to be Sorry, uh, re- repairable on demand in the event of a sale with 18 months notice. Now, I think that's he's not going to get that, certainly not at the moment. Um, and, and it's all about, you know, there's a deadline, I think, to sell them by the end of this week. Or, or, or to negotiate a sale. Uh, where the money will go, no one's quite sure. So it, it's all very odd. And I, I don't understand why Chelsea, which can, which is perfectly capable of generating, it's not like he's putting the money. Well, we've said before, he has put money into Chelsea, but it's not like he's pumping the money in week in, week out to keep them afloat. Uh, he's not. You know, they're generating money from tickets, from prize money, and from commercial income like we are. And... and um, you know, a lot of the commercial sponsors have suspended the arrangement, which which seems a bit cynical, really, because you either, you know, why? You know, Chelsea are not Abramovich. Abramovich is not Chelsea. Um, you know, why stop them? Stop Chelsea going about their business? Carl, Carl, could I just ask you an important question? Uh, do they have enough money to buy this minibus for Tuchel to drive the players in? <laughs> well, I think so, yeah. I mean, they might have to chip in a bit, but... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, so, so they're moaning now that, the, you know, they can't hire a jet to go up to Middlesbrough. Uh, and they made a bit of a fool of themselves by saying they wanted the game played behind closed doors because they can't stop. They've not been allowed to take any fans. Again, well, right. you know, who are you punishing? Right? You're not Sorry. punishing. That's not punishing Abramovich. It's punishing the Chelsea fans. And, and you know, I've seen a lot of tickets. criticism of them singing Abramovich's name, but he's, you know, all right. I can, you can kind of understand that, but... He's been a great owner for them. Yeah, why wouldn't they feel grateful for what he's done uh, for them? But, you know, he's been involved in a lot of stuff. And um, so, yeah, sanction him. Make sure, you know, take Chelsea off him. But let the club run as normal. Uh, I I just don't understand. It's all gesture politics to to me. Uh, That may be a controversial view, but... That's what I why, why are you punishing the club? Why are you punishing the players? Why are you punishing the fans? It's not nothing to do with them. Let, let me just ask this question to 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 Ray and and uh, Bernard because we had this very cryptical comment from Thomas Tuchel where he said 
Well, I can see myself being the manager to the end of the season. Was a, a very um, strange comment to make, Ray, and I, 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 I can't quite figure it out. I just think it's because there's lots of speculation, you know. Um, there's so much speculation because, as usual, the newspapers know anything, really, most of them, and it's just a lot of guesswork on their on their part. So, you know, people are worried that Chelsea need 50 million quid a month to run themselves at the moment, or 30 million quid a month. Um Where's that money coming from? There's rumours that Abramovich is paying every money in. I don't know how it all works. Um, but but who knows what the truth is? Very, I suspect very few people know what the truth is. And they're all tight-lipped. So I had these journalists get all this information. I have no idea. So, But the, 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 the worry is that you know, if they're not paying the wages, that people might walk out. Um, I think it's a, it was a ridiculous suggestion from that Tuchel because I don't see him... Being that kind of guy, just going to walk out, you know, he's in a, uh, a one of the best clubs in, in Europe right now. So, uh, who, who, you know, in with the shout of winning a, a few trophies this season. So, why would he want to leave? Um, so, I don't know who's, you know, what where, what the right and the wrong thing is. But, I mean, Chelsea, I've got to say, they, they are taking 800 grand to Middlesbrough. They sold 800 tickets. But here's the thing. They talked about sporting integrity as the reason why they said the game should be played behind closed doors. Okay, Did they also appeal to the Premier League to ensure that the remainder of Chelsea's home games this season were played behind closed doors because of sporting integrity, because opposition teams can't bring the fans? Did they also do that? I bet you the bottom dollar they didn't. They didn't ask for their remaining games. And in fact, you know, as a punishment, the FA should or the Premier League should have said, OK, I'll tell you what, Chelsea, it's one of those things. You know, it's like when you, your player's been sent off and he, for a dangerous play and he's, he's on a three-game three ban and you, you, you appeal and it's just a frivolous appeal and the FA give you a fourth-game ban for that frivolous appeal. For this frivolous thing that they did to try and get this game play behind closed doors, you know, they should have been slapped back and said, right... Play the rest of your games behind closed doors and see how you like it. Sporting integrity and and Middlesbrough come out come out fighting. They come out punching and they said it was laughable what Chelsea wanted to do. Uh, they said it was ironic when they talk about sporting integrity. So um, I have no sympathy with whoever made that whoever decided to do that at Chelsea. And you can have some sympathy with the fans. Um, I don't know shouting Abramovich's name. If you just think about football, then that's why you do it. If you think about the wider context and politics, may, maybe you don't shout his name. But, you know, that's that's for Chelsea fans and their conscience. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, just to finish off on a City note, um, I think that, um, that uh, uh, Bernard, were, were you actually at the game at Selhurst Park? Yeah. 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 Could you give us just um, a few comments on one or two of the young players and I'm thinking in particular of uh, the young uh, defender. I think his name is Egon Riley. Is that right? Egan. Right? Egan. No, not e- Egan Riley. With Egan Riley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Bernard, did you did you get any sort of a sense of what kind of a player that that this one looks like? They didn't play against Palace. Played in the cup. They played it uh, in midweek, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. They talked about the cup game, the game in the Champions League game, Sporting. Yeah, yeah, no, I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah I, I, um, just, uh, just yeah, wondering if, if you've got any sort of, um, sort well, of sense of what these guys are like. 
Yeah, I mean, that he, he looks like he's a fullback, doesn't he? He looks as though he's not a pet player to me. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't look yeah. like a striding forward uh, right back, as in the Walker mole. He looks as though he can defend, which is a bit strange, watching a City <laughs> first team with a defender who can defend in that city. He has, he has his little area of the pitch. He's a big lad. He is a big lad. I don't know pace-wise if he's playing against a nippy winger, whether he'd be all right. But uh, no, I was quite impressed, as I say. It was just a nice change, wasn't it, to see a right back play at right back? Back. It was quite quite refreshing uh, to see that, and of course, uh, I think the other the other guy, the other two guys came on as well, didn't they? The, um, Mac- we've seen, the, Betty, we've and seen Mac- him before. He, he looked very good, Mackenzie. Mac- obviously, a couple of nice balls forward. We, we've seen that from him anyway, haven't we? And I don't think uh, and Betty had too much time to do too much wrong or, or whatever, but it, it was lovely to see the three lads there and a, a nice image of them, of course, on social media. But yeah, I, I quite, I was quite impressed with Egan. Big lad, he's a big. I don't know, I think he's about six, six one, but he's he's built well as well, which uh, we know that doesn't always work out when you think of people like Micah Richards. Obviously, he, he sort of pumped up the old muscle, didn't he? And wasn't a great player. He sort of went down down the nick a little bit. But he's a, he's a big lad, and yeah, he did he did a good performance. And, and they weren't a bad team. Sporting were far better. In this in this game than they were in the first leg, that's for sure, and with far tougher opposition. And uh, no, I was I was very impressed. It's great for those three lads to get on, and Egan Riley. I say, just great to see, just great to see an old-fashioned Tony Book like right back. But even Tony Book used to get up that wing, you know. So I, I shouldn't really compare him to Tony Book, I suppose. Are you actually uh, denigrating Micah Richards there? <laughs> oh, only when he pumped, only when he put the weight, only when he sort of muscled up a little bit. He, will, he looked more like a boxer than a right back at one stage. Didn't he? I wouldn't tell him that to his face, mate. But uh, you know, obviously, please, please. I know he's watching this, so I'm, I'm sure he'll forgive me. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. he, se- he seems to go through a stage of. I think he got an injury, didn't he? And some of these players because they do work in the gym, they sort of bulk up, don't they, after an injury? And I thought I don't think he was quite the same after after that in all fairness it's a guy who has built a career out of laughing (laughs) at a a, a very very loud rate uh it seems to me and 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 taking the mickey out of uh i believe roy keane's a a big fan i think roy keane's a big fan of mike because obviously i can see that from his facial expressions (laughs) okay uh, uh colin just as we finish off uh, let's know what's what's coming up next for Man City. Uh, well, Southampton on Sunday in the FA Cup. And they are a dangerous team. In fact, um, Colin, I would say, uh, I don't know if Ray agrees, but I think they're a trickier prospect than Crystal Palace. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we saw what they could do uh, in the league game. <coughs> and, uh, you know, we've got a fight on our hands, haven't we? We'll stuff them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what, what do you think, uh, Ray? This um, this manager that they have um, seems to be quite impressive, doesn't he? Who's manager? Hasn't Huttle. He's been linked with... Um, he's even been linked with United. Um, Who hasn't? Yeah. <laughs> Pep, Klopp. Uh, no, but he's, look, he's, he's, doing, he's doing all right. Southampton go through swings and roundabouts. Um, and actually, up until the last couple of games, they've been hot. 
they've tried. been awful the last three, haven't they? They've lost the last two and they lost a, lost 4 0 and 2 1 at home last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. so they're, they're on a bad run, yeah. They're on a bad yeah, run. But... I, I keep getting it mixed up with uh, Ralph Rangnick, but it's actually uh, Hasselhutl, isn't it? Hasselhutl. Look, look, before, I mean, they've lost, to, I'm going to go through the last few games. They lost at home to Watford. They lost at home to Newcastle, both games 2 1. They beat, so they got spanked at Aston Villa 4 0. But before that, they beat Watford, uh, sorry, West Ham in the FA Cup. They're on a great run, I think. They beat Norwich at home. They beat Everton at home. They drew with United away. They beat Spurs away um, in the league. They'd obviously drawn with us uh, going back into January. So they're on a pretty good run of form, I think, uh, which obviously, as I said, they've uh, blotted their copybook in the last three games and dropped down from a position where they, they could have actually been challenging for a, a Europa League or a Europa Conference position. Uh, they're now comfortably mid-table. All they've got left to play for, they're not going to get relegated. They're very unlikely to get a European position. They need another 11 points in their nine games to catch up uh, to Wolves. I don't see that happening. And Spurs have got two games in hand over them and um, 10 points clear. So I, I don't see them getting into Europe. I don't see them getting relegated. So what have they got left to play for? The only thing they've got left to play for is... Uh, let me yeah, ask this to Colin Savage. Colin, did Manchester United choose the wrong Ralph? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... Uh, I, I'm not sure it matters who Manchester United choose at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Ralph Hassenhuttl uh, occasionally, you know, co- comes over as a very impressive manager. And then Southampton are very inconsistent, though. And... Uh, Again, they're another team, uh, a bit like Palace, who probably, uh, in fact, they're, well, they're doing quite well at the moment, aren't they? So, you know, they, they've always been around uh, n- never quite relegation candidates, but never far off. And uh, yeah, he's done a good job there. And um, I don't know if his managers are, horse, you know, horses for courses, some managers. But uh, I don't know, you know, what do Manchester United want? Do they know? <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Well, listen, I think we should probably finish off um, around about here. But uh, just um, uh, as I always say, AOB, any other business? Guys, is there any other um, items that um, struck your fancy during the during the news, either city-related or not, that you'd like to comment on? Well, um, it, it was interesting, Andy, because uh, the Abramovich situation has caused the media to have a meltdown about ownership and who's fit and proper, and uh, you, you, get, you get Miguel Delaney asking um, Eddie Howe about issues in Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, so, so, so Miguel Delaney is asking Eddie Howe to criticise his owners. Now, I'd love football managers to turn to journalists and talk to them about their owners, because um, Delaney wouldn't, um, wouldn't look too good under those circumstances. It would be lovely to see Eddie Howe ask Delaney, uh, the likes of Delaney, a question about what about your owners, Miguel? You know, uh, what, they're 80% owned by um, this um, son of a KGB man, who's, again, close to uh, Putin, uh, and a Saudi, who Delaney is asking Eddie Howe to criticise. I mean, what the, you know, and the, the Telegraph, um the Telegraph tend to be a bit quieter because they they've got a lot more to lose because they've um, they've apparently been taking money of pro-Russian sources to run um, stories favourable to 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 Putin. So um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's 
the media never miss a chance to go completely over the top, do they? And, uh, and they never think about what they're, what they're I, I, saying I, I, or writing. I would really love to stay up to date with um, what uh, Miguel Delaney is saying, but he seems to have taken um, a, a little bit of scans, um, the fact that I called him an unstoppable prick, which kind of... No sense of humour, have they, Mike? No, they've got no sense of humour at all, Ray. I mean, um, well, I don't know. He unblocked me. I think he. I think I was blocked. I think he's unblocked some people. How did, how did you get unblocked, Ray? I have no idea. I mean, obviously, obviously, I'm uh, slightly more polite than you, Mike. Um, <laughs> but to be honest, I would have. I, I, I would. I, I would have called him a cock blocker or something like that. So, um, I'd have been, I'd have been off. Bubble, you could have called him. Sorry. Guys, I cannot believe. That I am still blocked by Miguel Delaney and Ray is not. That that's just that is either something that, that, that I've got to Look, I, and I've, I've, I've insulted him plenty. Uh, there's only a few people block me. I mean, I, I've been blocked by Bernard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've been blocked by. Um, I think Nick Harris blocked me, but then I, but that's because uh, I keep. Oh, you you deserve to... that, Ray. You deserve that. For what? Because you called him every name under the sun. No, 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 no. Nick Harris has blo blocked me because I kept putting up a tweet that he put out where he was blatantly lying. So every time he talks about integrity or anything, I put, I used to put this tweet up um, where he he basically made something up um, trying to get on the back of a, 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 an argument between uh, um, a fan channel and Rabin. He tried to get, get in there and cause a bit of grief, but he was basically lying. So I, I bring up his integrity. I've been blocked by that uh, fat bloke, Corbett. Um, I forgot his Harry. name. Um, the Ever supposedly Everton fan, but who loves Liverpool. Um, and um, who else? M McGeehan might have blocked me, uh, but he's he's a he's a clown anyway, so I'm not not bothered. But generally, the others. I mean, I don't even think Rob Harris has blocked me. I think um, what's his name now? Darren Lewis has muted me. He hasn't blocked me. He hasn't, he hasn't gone that far, but he's muted me because I keep calling him, him out about his um, weak response to his racist colleagues, and he doesn't yeah. seem to like that. Neither do his colleagues. You know, it's, it's, it's a funny old thing in the media. They tend to protect themselves, um, and they tend to, you know, find ways to excuse their mates' bad behaviour. If you if you've seen some stuff from uh, I'm not that going too much into politics, Victoria Corin Mitchell uh, supporting people who have been racist, or mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. said, oh, I know so and so this Russian guy, he's a lovely guy. Well, <laughs> hang on, you know, um, so it, it, it's not it's not a good look. So the the they, they rally around each other these journalists, these blue ticks. Uh, they are allowed to get away with a bit more uh, on social media than the, us mere mortals because they're blue ticks. Uh, which is, hardly seems fair, but most of them seem to be full of rubbish. Well, let's finish off with them. Um, I have got one more story, Mike. I do want to mention this. Sorry. Oh, oh okay. This. okay. This talk of, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it slightly affects us. This talk of Man United wanting to build a new stadium, knock Old Trafford down and build a new uh, stadium on, on that site, which means they have to play um, their home games away from Old Trafford. But obviously the the the, the Glazers uh, are very want to be really careful about the you know the, the how the fans um, 
feel towards them. They have to be re- really delicate about this and very sensitive topic. So they're trying to play the games as near as possible to where their fans live. So they've yeah, approached just... Chelsea. They've approached Chelsea to play at Stamford Bridge. So you mean that they're trying to build a stadium in in Manchester? No, they're going to build it in Stratford. They're going to knock Old Trafford down, build a new stadium in its place, but for two seasons while the building, like Spurs went to play at Wembley, they'll have to move away. And that's why they've approached Chelsea, so their fans don't have to travel too much to home games. (laughs) Well, let me just finish off by asking a couple of, um, you know, Ray and I are, 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 are pretty controversial, I would say, at the very best of, of, of times. But let me just ask um, two of our more sensible uh, guests. Colin, um, have you ever been blocked by anybody? Oh, God. Yeah, loads. <laughs> because you, 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 were, you were actually labelled as a blinkered crackpot by somebody. And um, Militant Crank as well, I think, uh, Sam Lee labelled me as. Are, are you blocked by Sam Lee? No, I, I blocked him first. Oh, okay. I, I get my retali- tend to get my retaliation in first. So is there anyone else? Is there anyone else you're blocked by? Um, I don't know. I've blocked Nick Harris. I'm probably blocked by lots of people. <laughs> How about you? You've got the very, very sanguine uh, Bernard Deneen. You're the loveliest guy in the world, Bernard. Have you been blocked by anybody? I don't think anyone, I'll tell you what, I've been blocked by a lot of people, but no one famous, <laughs> to be honest with you. I find people every day that I've never heard of that have blocked me, and I have no idea why, but hey, so I must be I must be doing something right or something something wrong, I don't I don't know, but uh, yeah, certainly these, these Nick Harris's of this world, I don't even look at the stuff or anything to block them, I'm no interest, if anything pops up on my thing I usually I usually just sort of uh, say I don't like this and I think eventually it stops coming through to me you know so uh, I'm all right but yeah no plenty, plenty of people have blocked me but I just stumble across them and I wonder, I wonder who the hell they are and why they've done it but hey we, we get a little bit too upset if we worry about things like that so uh, we'll go with the flow. I think I've got the medal guys I've got the medal because I I think amongst the four of you or the or the four of us um, I'm the only one blocked by Barney Roney. Um, um, because You've got to do special to be blocked by Barney Roney, mate. What did you do? <laughs> Are you blocked by Barney Roney, uh, Ray? No chance. No? Barney Rubble, not Barney Ray. I'm blocked by Barney Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll leave it there uh, on that note of fun uh, uh, for now. And um, we'll be back with you. Uh, as usual, uh, very, very soon. Uh, let's just um, finish off, as usual, by uh, wishing farewell and uh, gratitude uh, to our members. And the first one is Colin Savage. Colin, thank you so much for hey, coming on. A pleasure, although I haven't got my internet problems sorted out, my Catch-22. Uh, I can hardly recommend switching it off and switching it on again. <laughs> OK. Uh, Bernard, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have a chat after a disappointing match, isn't it? It's always cathartic, is it? Let's the goal it to, to uh, have a little chat about things, and uh, let's let's hope we're in better spirits uh, next week after the Southampton game. Absolutely, and uh, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Ray. Don't block me now. Don't block me. Okay. <laughs> I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't worry, mate. Don't worry. You're you're always in my thoughts. 
<laughs> All right. All right, lads. We'll uh, stop it there for now. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you very soon. And we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, have one of us and up the blues. Up the blues.